Hi everybody, Ginger and my master and teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Ginger Nicole, Stricky Shetty. And thank you to our lovely co-host, Rianne Shetty. She's learning all about podcasting and uh, internet marketing and being a digital nomad. And speaking of world travel and being a digital nomad, we're actually here in beautiful Buenos Aires, Argentina. How do you like it, Rianne? Yeah, so since we're here at Airbnb and we have an amazing uh, view of the, the main street here, I thought I'll uh, show it to all the people watching on YouTube. Uh, so I'm going to actually show you this amazing, this is the, actually the big street here. Uh, it's actually like 15 lanes. Crazy. Uh, Buenos Aires is an amazing, vibrant city. And there's a famous obelisk uh, which actually marks the independence from Spain. And that obelisk, uh, for those of you being there, to Argentina, to Buenos Aires, you'll recognize that obelisk. And uh, that's the main, kind of like the Times Square. If you've been in New York, Times Square, that's uh, where all the, uh, the action happens. A lot of neon lights at night and a lot of different restaurants and pubs and cafes, street performers. They actually have the Olympic rings there as well because uh, actually Buenos Aires is going to be hosting the World Youth Olympic Games just next year. So the eyes of the world will be here in beautiful Buenos Aires. So. There you go. So while, while uh, we had that view of the Airbnb, I had to uh, show you a little bit of a glimpse into life here in Buenos Aires. And while we're traveling around uh, South America and beyond, we love interviewing fellow digital nomads, fellow traveling families, and other digital nomad dads. I call them DNDs. And we actually have Stuart Norman, who's actually been traveling around the world with his wife and daughter. And uh, they're actually the founders of um, the, the, the nomads. Stuart, uh, sorry, the blog is? Uh, Norman's Running Wild. Yes, yes, uh, I was speaking so fast, I forgot, it's Norman's Running Wild. And uh, we're going to be finding about uh, Stuart's journey about leaving the UK to travel the world, about uh, the Norman's Running Wild blog, about how they were able to finance their travels, about some of the places they've gone, and some tips for you if you think you're becoming nomadic yourself. So uh, why don't we start off by, uh, you know, getting to know you, Stuart. Uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and a little bit more about your background. Cool. Thanks for the introduction. That's very cool. I want to go to Buenos Aires now to have a look. It's very exciting me about that. <laughs> um, yeah, because we're in we're in Mexico at the moment, and uh, so you mentioned Spain there, and we're we're approaching uh, Revolution Day here in Mexico. So there's going to be big celebrations. I think Monday is the day for that. So we big parades and everything. So yeah, we're in Mexico at the moment. We've been here for six months. Um, so we're going to leave probably in a couple of weeks' time, actually. So we're a bit sad about leaving Mexico. We've really, really enjoyed it. So we're in San Miguel, dear Lendi, if anyone's heard of that. Um, it's kind of, it's central. If you look at a map of Mexico, it's pretty central, about three hours north of Mexico City. And we've loved all the amount of fiestas and parades. We've been here for Day of the Dead and Independence Day and Feast of San Miguel. And it's just been non-stop parades and fireworks and all sorts of things going so it's a really good time of year to come here um yeah a bit about us as a family so as ricky said uh, my wife and my daughter of uh, 11 we've traveled uh since when was it we left we left the uk in february 2016 um and we kind of left without any plan no plan at all of where we were going to go, we just we we sold our house, we sold all our belongings, everything's gone, except what we carry with us, and a couple of plastic boxes we've got with a friend at home. That's that's everything we've got. So we moved out of our house, 
um, stayed in a local hotel for four days and I had no idea what we were going to do. We suddenly, as we, as we drove to the end of our road, we set our car and some belongings. We got to the end of our road and thought, we're homeless. What do we, what do, we do? And it kind of just suddenly hit us. So anyway, we moved into this hotel for a few days and then uh, just found a, a flight to Singapore and we thought, let's do it, let's go. Um, so we, then all last year we were traveling around Southeast Asia, we've been to Malaysia, Singapore, Bali, Java, Thailand for five months, mm -hmm. China for a couple of months, um, found ourselves learning Tai Chi and staying in a Tai Chi school, living there for a month, which is very cool. Um, and then uh, at the beginning of this year we went to Nepal, so we were living in Nepal for a couple of months and we um, we actually trekked to Everest Base Camp and we were trekking for 30 days, we put it all together ourselves, no porters, no guides, anything, we've done it all ourselves. Um, and then went and stayed in Pokhara for another month um, and then basically we flew back to the UK for a couple of weeks to see friends and now we're here in Mexico for the last six months. Um, that's kind of where we're at really with our travels. But we left, we left England um, with an idea that we wanted to kind of just travel without any plan. We wanted to, it's almost like a project if you like, of like just seeing where life takes us. Just really going with the flow of it and we had no idea from month to month, week to week, day to day where we're going to be. Um, but it seems to work out fine. It definitely does work uh, fine. No, uh, we have a somewhat of a plan. Like our goal was to visit South America. We knew which countries we're going to go to, but we're really fluid in terms of the spontaneity and uh, uh, going uh, with the flow. Uh, you know, uh, if we like a place, we'll stay there longer. If we don't, we'll uh, go there if we're tired. You know, chill out, not booking uh, any. Uh, thinking in advance besides maybe the hotel for the next few nights, etc. and or the Airbnb, but uh, yeah, definitely a good way to go. So I'd love, I'd love to trace it back to the beginning, uh, Stuart, you know, I, uh, you know, you uh, mentioned that you had this desire and then you decided to sell everything. So tell us about that process. Was it you who decided? Was it your wife? Maybe even your daughter? Tell us about that process to actually make the decision and how did one person convince the other person to follow along? Ah. It was really interesting, actually, that uh, it, it kind of sneaked up on us, the idea. Um, it wasn't, we didn't have the idea for a long time or anything. Actually, I mean, the story is that we went to um, Colmar in, in France, which is a beautiful little village. We went there for a long weekend. Um, and we kind of fell in love with it, actually. And for some reason, we were walking along the street and we looked in an estate agent window at the property there and we were like you know we could actually afford to buy somewhere there we could sell up in the UK because I think we were a bit kind of disgruntled with the way things are going in the UK um, not really getting anywhere not not living life to the full if that makes sense um, so we we're probably looking for an uh, alternative way to live so we, yeah, we came back from there with an idea of like we could we could set up and move to Colmar, and somehow that idea grew and snowballed and become became the idea of like actually we could just sell the house and everything, and then go off travelling and see what happens. Um, to start with, I was kind of pretty much all for it. 
My wife, um, she was all for it, but she wanted, she would have liked to have kept a base in the UK. To start with, she was kind of like, no, we need to keep somewhere. Not the house particularly that we're in, but just somewhere that we could come back to if we needed to. Um, we talked to my daughter, Annabelle, about it. Um, she was pretty much up for it. We'd actually taken her out of school for about a year before that, so we've been homeschooling for about a year anyway. Um, uh, so we kind of had this idea and we just kind of went with it. Um, and then during, during having that idea and working towards it, my wife decided that um, she suddenly, without any influence from me at all, she suddenly decided she didn't need somewhere in the UK. She suddenly saw something different and, and decided she didn't need a base in the UK. So, so we're all on board with it, basically. And we didn't ever, I don't ever remember having made a decision like, this is what we're going to do. We had an idea and we kind of just followed it step by step. So we started selling things, um, you know, the, the normal things you'd kind of want to get rid of in the loft to start with. And then we started getting rid of more and more. And it just became easier. And then we put the house on the market and suddenly, suddenly it, it went and we moved out. So that idea, we didn't, you know, carve it in stone. We were willing for it to change at any time. If we had another idea, we wanted to go in a different direction, we would have gone with that. So, and then like I said, we found ourselves homeless. <laughs> so that's kind of how the story went. Amazing. So uh, out of all those places you mentioned, you mentioned uh, Southeast Asia, obviously the Everest base camp. Uh, what are some of the, the amazing things uh, that really stand out that left a lasting impression on your guys' family, mm. on your hearts and souls and your memories? Yeah, we love adventure. We love having adventures. So it's not kind of enough for us to, um, although we do slow down, and we do sit in one place for, for some time. We love to have adventures while we're there or do something exciting. We love the outdoors. We love trekking and cycling and all that kind of thing. So highlights, definitely Everest Base Camp. That was, that was amazing. And just to put it together ourselves. And, you know, it was such a huge challenge for all of us. My daughter done amazingly, you know, carrying her own pack and everything. And, you know, for an 11-year-old to, to just to walk for a month, and it was hard. It was really a real challenge. So that was that was a definite highlight. Um, other highlights: uh, staying in Tai Chi School in China for a month. Um, we learned a lot about um, Chinese medicine and uh, Yin Yang and Tai Chi and all that kind of thing. So that 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 was very interesting to learn. Um, we went to Western Australia and we house set there for six weeks, but then afterwards we went um, for about 18 days on a, on a road trip around Western Australia. Um, highlights on that was kind of just driving through the outback. Um, we went swimming with uh, whale sharks. It was the first time my daughter had snorkeled and we were out in the ocean with whale sharks. It was absolutely amazing. Um, other highlights. I think being in San Miguel as well with all the fiestas, going on um, and all the parades and everyone's really friendly. Thailand, we love the people. We got um, connected with a few people and we 
we helped out in English camps and uh, language schools and and I think if I was to say actually there was one thing that ran through the whole of our travels I highlight it's meeting new people you know going out there and just I just it it always it always I'm always curious who I'm going to meet in the next place who are going to be friends or who we're going to you know, run into or something you know it's just it's just amazing who is out there ready to meet yeah i definitely i couldn't agree with you more there the people are definitely the highlights and those are the memories that really uh, leave a lasting impression on you for us here in south america we met this amazing couple who are actually from vancouver bc canada but we ended up running into them in this hotel in french china the receptionist is like Hey, uh, you guys are from Canada. There's someone else here from Canada. I'm so like, oh, maybe they're from Toronto or Montreal. And they ended up being from my exact same city, just in the next suburb over. And then we actually uh, uh, traveled with them in the French Guyana. Then we ended up running them in Suriname, Guyana, then again in Colombia. And then lastly, we ran into them in Peru. So five different countries. And uh, it was uh, amazing. And they're, they're definitely one of the highlights, you know. When you think back of our trip here in South America, of course, I'll remember the Amazon and Machu Picchu and Iguazu Falls. But, uh, you know, Gail and Randy, you know, shout out to them. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, two of the people, you know, uh, definitely uh, uh, made a big impact in us. And obviously with the kids, uh, we stay in orphans, orphanages and all too. They love that. And uh, you're meeting the local people. Uh, shout out to Mauricio in Colombia and Alvaro in Peru. And, you know, I'm sure you have all of these uh, people and all of these stories as well, right? Because uh, that's really uh, what travel is all about. And, uh, you, you know, now you're based in San Miguel, and that's actually a big um, a hot spot for uh, world schoolers and traveling families. So tell us a little bit about the ambience and the vibe there because that's something we're considering as well, basing yourself and setting up shop there. And I know a lot of the families might be considering that as well. So tell us a little bit about the draw of San Miguel. Yeah, well, we'd heard about San Miguel. We knew some families that we'd met, like you said, we'd met on the other side of the world and were here. And um, so we came to Mexico straight from the UK and um, we spent two and a half months in Coretero, which is about an hour, an hour's drive from San Miguel. So kind of San Miguel was on our, on our radar. Um, but it, it seemed quite expensive to us. It's definitely a, a more expensive part of Mexico, purely because it's a very, um, it's a big expat community of, Canadians and people from the US. So the prices are a bit higher, rents are a bit higher than you'd find elsewhere. Um, so we were actually debating whether to come to San Miguel or go down somewhere like Oaxaca, which is a bit cheaper. And um, we, one of the things we do do as we travel, um, we house sit. Um, we, actually, we'd only done two up until coming to Mexico. Um, but one came up for San Miguel. And, um, and initially it was only going to be five week house sit. Um, and the lady who owns the house actually phoned me up and said, would we consider doing longer because she had to go away on two visits? So she said, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely fine. So we've been here for like three months. So, so I think that was really lucky. Uh, and we're right in the middle of town. We're right in Centro. So, which has enabled us to um, see everything that's going on. Like even last night, we decided to go out uh, for a walk in the evening, and we and we walk up the street, and 
there's a big marquee all set up and they're doing uh, as a dance troupe there and it's a big market so it's just by walking out sometimes that you find these things going on which we wouldn't do probably if we were out of town a bit more so so perhaps if it wasn't for that house sit coming up we might not have come to san miguel um other things about san miguel um it's very easy you know um if you don't, we're, me and my daughter are learning Spanish very slowly at the moment here, so we picked up some. Um, there's lots of Spanish courses you can do. If you don't speak Spanish at all, it's still easy to get on here. There's a lot of English spoken because of the expat communities. Um, but there's a nice mix of like, it's, there's, still, there's still a Mexican way of life here. It's not kind of totally spoilt or anything. Um, so you have got the Mexican community, you have got that you can seek out, or you have got the nice restaurants, the art galleries and things like that as well if you want that side of things. Um, when we're in places, we tend, to, we tend to probably like you, like to get involved and see the local stuff going on rather than the big tourist um, sightseeing things. Um, so what have we done here, like Day of the Dead, so we kind of got involved with that. We got dressed up, we got made up, there was a big parade. Um, but also, I mean, that, that can be a little bit touristy side of it. But we made sure that we kind of informed ourselves about actually what Day of the Dead is all about and what the locals would do. So the locals go to um, the cemeteries and spend time with their loved ones that um, uh, they've lost and but come back for Day of the Dead. So we went to the cemetery, and it's beautiful. It's like more flowers than I've ever, ever seen before, and all the families around the, the graves, and there's mariachi bands playing there, and there's a real kind of party atmosphere. Um, so it's really nice to see that side of it as well, not just the kind of the tourist bit of it, if that makes sense. Um, it is, it's, when we're here, we tend to... We've got a kitchen so we can go out and buy groceries and make our own food. If you're to eat out, um, there are kind of um, street food stalls or there's the you know, more expensive restaurants if you want that. Um, so there's a, right, there's a real mixture of things. But it's quite, it's quite an easy place to get on. And like you said, there's a hub of world schoolers here. So um, there's probably... I don't know how many families here, but there's kind of a regular meet-up once a week. We go to the park or something like that, and there's other events people organise. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's nice doing that, again, in like Chiang Mai in Thailand, there was that hub. And we, we don't like to do that all the time, because I think you can go from hub to hub, um, and we like to do some of that so that our daughter can interact with other children which is sometimes difficult um, if we don't speak the language or something. Um, but then in between those hubs, then we go off and do something a bit more adventurous, like Nepal or Java or something. 
Definitely sounds uh, amazing, and uh, thanks for whetting your appetite about uh, San Miguel. Definitely high on the radar for us as well. So uh, curious to know about the two big questions, the whole education question and the financing question. So let's cover those one by one. Uh, this is a fear that a lot of people have. What about a school's education, and how can we afford to travel? So uh, I'd love to hear about how you guys have handled both of those obstacles or uh, both of those challenges. Um, and tell us a little bit about how you guys have decided to school your daughter. She's currently 11 years old, so tell us a little bit about her education. Cool, yeah. Um, I mean, this goes back, the, the question really goes back to when we first took her out of school. Um, and, even, you know, travel wasn't on our radar back then. But we, we always had an idea that we, I, I suppose, yeah, actually, yeah, if I go back, think right back, the thought that I kept having, or we kept having as a family was, it would be lovely to spend more time together. You know, like school holidays and stuff. Like we were all pretty sad when it came to the end of school holidays. Other other families couldn't wait to get their kids back to school, but we were like, oh no, we had such a good time together, and we wanted more of that family time. And and the idea of homeschooling kind of just presented itself. It wasn't something that we searched out, but Annabelle used to love her school, but then she had to change schools. And she didn't like that school so much. And there just became a time when homeschooling kind of presented itself. The opportunity was there. And it seemed to fit where we were as a family. But we got really tied up in the whole, well, how, how do we do that? We're not teachers. How do we teach her? How do we provide an education for her? Because it seemed to us like we had to replicate school at home. And then I kind of got talking to some people I knew that home educated and we got involved in some home education groups and suddenly we saw that actually people, there was no set way of doing it. You could do it however you wanted to do it, however fit your child or your family. So instead of getting stressed of how we were going to do it, because we thought we had to have a process in place before we'd done it, we just decided to take her out of school. And then her education, the way we done that, would evolve. And it has. And it was all absolutely fine. We took her out. It was a simple process to take her out of school. We had a period of maybe maybe a couple of months where we de-schooled, where we just got school out of our heads completely, any idea of what it should be. Um, and, and, and it's evolved. You know, there's no set way we do it. Um, I get, I don't kind of say, we don't label it, we don't say oh, we're world schooling or we're unschooling or we're, we're just living and we're just, the education happens as it happens. In, Annabelle will get interested in something and she'll want to learn about it. She might get interested in somewhere we are or an aspect of the culture or, or anything. And she follows that. You know, it's, I, think, I think it's like us as adults, we only tend to learn stuff if we want to learn it. Like, I, I tend to think of a good metaphor as like, you only tend to pick up a book to read when you want to read. You know, and you read, and you enjoy it. You don't pick up a book when someone's forcing you to do it and read and enjoy it. You know, we do it. Learning, learning is a very, very natural um, aspect of living. And because it's natural, 
actually it comes easy when you want to learn a certain thing it comes very easy because you're you're um, you know, I don't know, kind of immerse yourself into it and it becomes really easy doesn't it um, it's harder when you're trying to learn something you don't want to learn <laughs> so sometimes like Annabelle's not that um, fussed with learning maths um, so we'll sit down and we'll do that and we've found ways um, she's into uh, Prodigy uh, the, the on, online and it's kind of based around a game and she loves it so it's just finding different ways it's not having to recreate how we all thought of school sitting down at a table or desk and like this is how we learn it's finding new ways of doing it it's finding exciting ways of doing it we're learning just as much as she is as we travel about things it's great for all of us to learn as a family which is brilliant and and you know to make that learning to bring it alive you know she wanted to learn about volcanoes um and so we learned that but we we're in java and there's a huge volcano behind yogyakarta where we were so we went and walked on the foothills of the volcano. It just means more. It brings it more to life. Um, so it's been it's been great. But it again, we're we're not set in stone of how this is how the education looks like. It can change. It can change with the way we are, with the way Annabelle wants to learn. If she decided she wanted to go back to school at any point, then we sit down and we discuss that. You know, so we're open to it just evolving, and and. What it is today, it is today. What it'll be tomorrow is, is maybe something completely different. So, um, your second question about um, financing. <laughs> yeah, usually people have a big dream, right? They want to. They have a big dream. They want to travel, and then boom, they put up this big wall called money. And uh, you know, one of the one of my goals is to help people smash that wall and figure out the whole money side of things. So, I'd love to hear how you guys have done it. Obviously, sold the house, and you're doing house sitting. But yeah, definitely elaborate more. Yeah, so um, so my background is coaching. I'm a transformative coach. Um, and actually, before that, my, my background is kind of therapy and hypnotherapy, and then more coaching uh, now. Um, but having said that, we kind of left the UK and took a step back from work. Because what I found was that, and I think, I think a lot of us do this, is that we fall into the trap of doing what we think we should do, what we should be doing. Even as people traveling, I think we can fall into that trap of like, oh, this is what other travelers do, or nomads or whatever you want to call yourself. This is what they do, so I'm going to do that. This is what we should be doing. I think I saw it, you know, with the whole, um, if you also digital nomad scene, um, that I wonder how many people, I mean, yes, finding online stuff gives the freedom to travel, but is it really what people want to be doing? Is it the way they really want to be living? You know, I, I think we decided as a family that we were going to, live how we wanted to live at times i've looked into like you know the whole uh, niche site thing and uh drop shipping and all that kind of thing that people do 
And I'm like, no, that's not, that's not me to do that. But I could fall into that trap of doing that to make money. But we decided to, no, actually take a step back that, from that and do what we're passionate about. And that probably sounds like what you're passionate about is, to, is helping other people live their dream. So, you know, sometimes I think people are, we could all fall into that thing of like, being seen from the outside as living your dream, but are you? Are you really doing what you would want to do in life? Does that kind of make sense? It's like, um, I want, it's, it's easy like to fall in, like I said, I went through this time where I thought, oh, we're, well, I'll do some niche site stuff. And, and that would have carried me off down a road where I would have been probably doing something that I didn't really want to do, but it brought in the money necessary. And then I thought, yeah, but I, I would be doing that back in the UK, doing something I didn't really want to do, and living a life that you know, didn't really fulfill us. So it's really important for me to do something I'm passionate about and live the way we want to live as a family. We're lucky enough, I haven't said that, to have sold the house and we've got you know, an amount of money that we would um, travel on. Um, why, what allows us to take a step back and do that, if that makes sense. But the things we're thinking about for the future is you know, retreats for people, retreats for families, um, my coaching, coaching um, digital nomads, to find that spark that really, they really want to live because we can do that you know it hasn't got to be the things that we think work it hasn't got to be the drop shipping it hasn't got to be the niche sites yeah everyone has a uniqueness about them and you can turn that into anything anything at all isn't it you know it's it's hard when i think of um you know initially when we left the uk our idea was to to blog have a travel blog and and in some ways, yeah, that was going to earn us our money. And then we were too busy traveling and too busy having a good time to keep up the blog. Um, and now we've kind of been settled in Mexico for six months. I'm redoing the blog and stuff. And, and it'll just be a landing place for people to come and, you know, if they're interested in our story, come and have a look. But I don't see it as a way of us making money. I'm, I'm, it's not us to do that. I could force that, but then I'd be doing something I didn't really want to do. Um, so I think it's really important to find what you're really, really passionate about. You know what you really, what you really feel, what really gets you in your heart, and follow that dream. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. You know, I also do some coaching, and uh, when I'm doing it, I'm all about helping people find the unique. God-given shape, uh, and this is actually from a book uh, called Purpose Your Own Life by Rick Warren, and it talks about your shape. Uh, everyone has a unique shape, and the first is, it's an acronym actually, the S is for spiritual gifts, H is for your heart passion, what are you most passionate about, A is for your abilities, your skill set, P is for your personality, what do you, you know, what, what's your natural personality, and E is for your life experiences, and if you can combine those five things, and then figure out a way uh, to build a career out of that, or business out of that, or a calling out of that, uh, then you're, you're golden. And, uh, you know, that's a great book and a resource. There's also one called Strengths Finder, 
where you really go deep and figure out what are your strengths and then uh, definitely monetizing your strengths, monetizing your passion. So we're definitely in the way, same way, Blend it. Uh, I'm all about that. You know, you can make money in so many different ways, but if that's not your passion, you're going to give up or you're going to regret it or grudge, grudgingly do it, right? So you got to figure out how to uh, pursue that passion and monetize that passion. So definitely... Uh, Totally. Sometimes you know you've you've got to do those things you don't really want to be doing. If like you've got to get food on the table, absolutely. But long term, long term, I didn't want to fall into something that we didn't really want to be doing, and and then suddenly think, wait a minute, we're we're not really happy doing this, and that's no different from how we were in the UK. We're just travelling, being unhappy instead of being in one place and being unhappy. So, so that's why, you know, adventure is our thing. Yeah, we love that. So it's, it's kind of like our whole travel is our, is our business in a way. Um, like you say, it's just monetizing that, finding ways. But if you're, if you're doing something that inspires other people, um, then, then you'll find ways of doing it. That it, you know, it'll come much more natural to you. Sometimes I think we get caught up in we get caught up in labels of jobs, don't we? Like I've got to be this or I've got to be that. And and I think and this is something that we're trying to really instill in in Annabelle, our daughter. Like just follow your passion. Just do what you're passionate about. The money and other things will follow. I think, you know, it's first and foremost, it's just just be you, just be authentic and be you and do what you love. Awesome. Well said, my friend. Uh, so you mentioned the, the travel blog. Uh, tell us a little bit more. Uh, uh, when did you start the blog? Was it pre-journey? Was it during the journey? And what are some of the themes and topics you've been writing about? I know you don't keep it very consistently, but still uh, give us a lowdown on the blog. Um, so originally when we left the UK, I did kind of put up a blog and, and we just didn't keep up with it at all. So I've kind of taken that, that's kind of gone and I've actually spent the time here in Mexico kind of rethinking what we want to do and re rebuilding it. So it's kind of, it's kind of there, there's, there's the, the framework to it. So we kind of, actually it seems more natural now to, to write from a perspective of, you know, traveling for a year and a half or whatever it's been. And make it more, I think there will be stuff on there that's um, obviously travel orientated, but I think there's enough travel blogs out there that people can go to for the details of places and how to do it. And I think for us it's more about our experiences of living, our experience of um, being a family and spending a lot of time together and and doing all this stuff together and the things that throws up, the challenges that that throws up, the upsides and the downsides because, you know, like I said, that from the outside it can seem like, oh, you're living the dream. But, like, it's just life and it has its ups and downs like any, any life you lead. Um, so there's challenges we face um, and there's, but, but it's, we have the freedom to have an amazing life as well. We've done some amazing things, like I've said to you. Um, so the blog is kind of a work in progress. And again, like everything we do, it'll just evolve into whatever it's going to evolve into. 
Um, we do more on our Facebook page. That's kind of where our followers are, and that's kind of our day-to-day -day thing. We do Instagram as well. But again, we didn't want to get, like I was saying before, we, we don't want to do this thing of like, oh, we should. Because we did go through a period of time where we were like, oh, we should do Instagram, we should do Facebook, and we should do Pinterest and Twitter, and da -da. And you can just get absolutely bogged down in it all. And suddenly you find your life is that, rather than the eventual, the travel that you set out to do. So it's, it's a balance. You know, it's like this comes from our time living in Tai Chi school in China. We, we learn a lot about balance in life and how it can't all be that, or it can't all be this. You know, it can't all be positive. It can't be all negative. It needs to be a, a mixture and a, a balance and a flow of all those things. So we do some um, Instagram, we do, we like Facebook, we do that. We, done, we do some blog site, but we don't do all of it, if that makes sense. So it, really our lives for us is about creating a balance. Awesome, and uh, you know, you mentioned earlier in the interview you're going to be uh, leaving SMA San Miguel soon. Tell us about what's next. Uh, I know you're not a huge long-term planner, but tell us about uh, what uh, the future holds in terms of 2018, uh, in terms of travel, business, life, and more. Actually, it's interesting because we have got a plan right through to April next year, which is the, the first time we've ever seen that far ahead. I mean, that, <laughs> could, that could change, absolutely could change. Um, that's only because we've picked up some more house-sitting assignments. So we're leaving San Miguel in mm, probably, well, we fly out uh, of Leon, which is an airport quite close, on the 2nd of December, and we fly to Tijuana to cross the border into the United States. Um, basically, we've picked up a house-sit in New York City, um, for two weeks over Christmas time, um, which we're really excited about spending Christmas in New York. Um, so we had a couple of weeks spare before that, so we're gonna go to uh, Las Vegas for a couple of nights, and we're gonna get a car and we're gonna go out to the Grand Canyon. Um, me and my wife have been there quite a few years ago, uh, but we've not, Annabelle's not seen it, so we wanna explore some of the national parks and Grand Canyon for just a few days. And then we fly to Atlanta to see some friends uh, who live there, who we met in Chiang Mai last year. Um, they're back in their, their hometown there. So we're going to spend a few days with them. And then we're going to catch the Amtrak train up to New York, uh, just spend a couple of nights there, and then start our house sit over Christmas. Um, and we leave, we leave there roughly around New Year's Day. We've got another couple of weeks spare, um, which we're toying with an idea of spending in perhaps the Vermont, Boston area, that, that uh, what is it, northeast. Um, and then we're doing two more house sits in near Toronto in Canada until April next year. So it's going to be a completely different experience. We're going to be in cold weather, weather <laughs> very cold weather, for the first time since we we left the UK to travel. But that was one that everyone thinks we're a bit mad to go to Canada, where everyone, all the Canadians are leaving for the winter, we're going there. But I think, again, it's, for us, it's another experience. 
coming from the UK, we've not experienced real cold, wintry, snowy weather that much. So it'd be a completely different new experience. After that, we're nothing set in stone again, but maybe a bit more of Canada, come back down through the States. And we want to come back to San Miguel for next summer because um, our plan is to run a retreat here next summer. I think it's a, it's a beautiful town to have other families come to. Um, it, it, like I said, it's easy. There's all the facilities here. So but that's, that's the plan, loosely. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll definitely see how it all plays together. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I see a whole bunch of different families organizing stuff in San Mikhail, like the Family Adventure Summit, and then there's a World Schooling, mm. Homeschooling kind of summit. So definitely a great base. And more and more people are uh, congregating there. So I can see why you want to go there and run a retreat there. So uh, final question. I'm curious to know, uh, uh, you know, there might be someone watching who's in the same predicament. They're in the UK or in Canada or the US, and they're wanting to live this life of freedom and purpose and passion, and they just don't know where to start. So, Stuart, what would be your major tips, advice to them besides the Nike "Just Do It" slogan? <laughs> um, mm, tips. I think I know you say about the "just do it" thing, and that can be easy to say. But I think it's different when you're in the position of like, but what if, what if, how? And I think it goes back to, again to when we thought about taking Annabelle out of school. We were in that situation of, yeah, but how, what if? And you, you try and work everything out in your head first of all. And that's kind of really impossible to do. You know, for us, it was impossible to do. For some people, you know, if they're really good at planning, if they like a good process and a structure in place, go for that. If that's the way you work, go for that. But I think for us, we got we could get very caught up in that and then never do anything about it. Yeah, we've been saying about going and traveling probably for years. Yeah, we always used to um, love traveling, but not long-term travel, you know, two, three weeks vacation time. And we always said, oh, wouldn't it be lovely to just give everything up and just go? But we never used to do anything about that. Because it was like, yeah, but you can't do that. You can't just leave work. You can't just. And then I just saw something different. I just saw, well, what if we just did do that? And then it just let it evolve afterwards and see, see what happens. Because I think. As long as you can keep in mind the fluidity of it, you can always change your mind. Like, yes, we, we sold everything and we sold the house. But you don't have to do that. Some people have to keep a base and they just travel, you know, a few months a year or whatever works for you and, and try it out. And it hasn't got to be set in stone. Your life is not like the decision you made today has not got to be concrete for the rest of your life. You can go back, you can change it. It doesn't have to be set. So I would say, I would say to people, if you have an idea of what you want to do, hold that loosely. Go for it. See what happens. Um, just, I think, and, and trust. Trust in life that it, it's got you, you know? Um, it's not, 
what I've seen is it's not all down to us. It's not, you know, however much of a plan we think we've got, life will throw something up, good or bad, that, that changes that plan. And that's the same whether you're living your nine to five life at home or whether you're traveling. So it kind of really makes no difference. And we have this idea that we have security. We have a house, so we, our lives are secure. We have a job, our lives are secure. And it's, and it's really not. You know, anything can happen at any time. Whatever situation you're in. So that's what I've kind of seen. It's hard to put that message across. You know, I think when you see something a little bit different about life, um, it perhaps enables you to live it a little bit differently. But I think everyone has to see that for themselves in the way they're going to see it. You know, if it seems, if it see all the time we thought about traveling, but it seemed like we couldn't, and this, 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 and this was in the way, well, it wasn't the right time for us to do it. And that's okay. You know, when the time is right, the time is right. Just because we had an idea of traveling, didn't mean to say it had to be done there and then. We waited until it was the right time and then our thinking changed and, and it seemed easier. And the other thing is that lots of people said to me, oh, I wish I could live like that but I'm not brave enough or I'm not courageous enough. And I used to say it's got nothing to do with that. Like if, if we'd waited until we felt brave enough or courageous enough, we'd still be sitting in our house in the UK. I had nothing to do with how we really felt about it. It wasn't like, oh yeah, right, now we're brave enough, now we can do it. It was just like, no, we're just going to follow this idea and we're just going to take the steps and it's just a choice. It's just a choice. We chose to do it. You choose to do it or you choose not to do it. That's, that's all it comes down to in the end, I think. Yeah, life is definitely a series of those decisions and choices. Uh, I love your thoughts and sentiments there. Uh, you know, it's been great to have you on the show. Uh, I could talk about these topics for hours on end, and that's why I do these podcasts, just because I love uh, discussing uh, these topics and learning from the insights of all of our guests. So, Stuart, uh, thanks so much for being on your show to end off with. Uh, why don't uh, you tell people how can they find you if they're interested in your coaching, if they really resonate with something you were saying today and they wanted to reach out, they wanted to follow along in your blogging journey, etc. Uh, tell us about the different ways people can connect with you. Oh, you're definitely welcome. I've really, really enjoyed our chat. Um, if people want to get hold of me, um, they can email on stuart at normansrunningwild.com. I'll send you a link for that. Perhaps you could put it up. Our Facebook page is Normans Running Wild. Uh, Instagram, it's always running wild again, and uh, the website that's kind of you know half half <laughs> is also normansrunningwild.com. There you go, nice and easy, and I'll have those links below so you can click right through. Uh, so thanks again, Stuart, and uh, definitely wishing you the best as you leave San Miguel and head over there to New York and enjoy New York and uh, you know Christmas and New Year's. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. But you're welcome. Thanks very much. Thank you, and thanks everyone for tuning in to this episode and Did You Know My Master? I teach you how to make money with traveling in the world. Peace, everybody. Happy travel. Happy travel.